It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. This opponent Wednesday for the Dallas Cowboys edition of Locked On Packers is brought to you by XBet. Use the promo code XBet and you'll get a 100% deposit bonus. Bring the squad and build the bank at xbet.ag. And before we go any further, a reminder about our Pro Football Focus Edge giveaway. All you need to do to enter is rate this podcast on iTunes, give it a review, and in the review, put your name and your Twitter handle. And every week, we're going to pick someone. You're competing against all the other podcasts on the Lockdown Network. So don't just rate my podcast, which you should do. Go find Pro Football Fantasy. Go find Pro Football NFL. And you should listen to those shows. If you, like, if you like basketball, if you're a Bucks fan, go listen to Locked On Bucks. They're awesome. And you could be winning a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. You think the basketball fans want Pro Football Focus Edge as badly as you do? No. So go get player grade, snap counts, position ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools. I say it every day. All the good data is there. So go get it. Okay, this is Opponent Wednesday, Dallas Cowboys week, 425 Eastern Time on Sunday. It is the prime time. It is America's Game of the Week in in all of the ways that it can be. I'm sure you're very excited for, for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. That's something that I'm going to talk to Brian about, given his background as both a Cowboys fan and a media reporter. 
we now live in a world where the two number one color analysts in national pro football in terms of CBS and Fox are both former Cowboys quarterbacks. There is no escaping it if you're a Packers fan. So before we get to that, there's a couple things that we just need to, to clean up around the Packers injury situation that we know about at this point. This, is, this was recorded before the Packers practice on Wednesday, so we, I won't have the updates. We'll discuss that on Thursday when we, when we preview this game. And remember, Bob McGinn is going to be on the show tomorrow with a little scouting report and his insight on what he sees from this team, what he sees from the Cowboys. So be excited for that. We are closer now to Devontae Adams playing on Sunday. Something interesting happened a couple days ago, and I wonder how many of you noticed. On Monday, Devontae Adams posted a picture from the Packers-Bears game, the touchdown he scored on the, on the opening drive. He's flexing, and in the subject or in the caption for the, the Instagram, it just says in all caps, Wolverine. And there's the side, sideways, like sort of mischievous face, the sunglasses emoji, and the, and the prayer emoji. And when I saw this, my first thought was, he must be getting cleared. And then on Tuesday, it comes out, Adam Schefter reports that Devontae Adams expects to play on Sunday. So it is possible that Devontae Adams, for the second time in two years, he just has... I mean, the protocols are, are in place. They have baseline MRI testing. They have testing for all kinds of cognitive abilities and symptoms. And it's possible that Devontae Adams just reacts differently. His body just reacts differently to these things. And I was on the Acme Packing Company podcast um, this week talking about this very thing with uh, with Ben Foldy, and he brought up a hockey example. And there was a hockey player who had been knocked out on the ice, leveled, laid out, unconscious. And Sidney Crosby basically had taken a glancing blow. And the guy who'd gotten knocked out straight up, he returned sooner than Sidney Crosby. Everyone's brain reacts differently to these things. Everyone's brain reacts differently to the trauma that they experience, and it, it affects everyone's brain differently. You could have the same result, and that is you're knocked out, and it could affect your brain in a different way. So he, he looks like he's going to be able to play on Sunday. Now, should he? That's a separate conversation. We got into that a little bit more on the Acme Packing Company blog or podcast. And I suggest you check that out. It could be, and we, we say this outright on the show, it could be its own conversation for an entire podcast and not, not a 25-minute daily podcast, but an hour 10, hour 20 podcast, and, and maybe a whole week's worth of podcasts. This is something the NFL is going to have to deal with. My position on it has been, these are grown men. They understand the risks. They assume those risks. And at, at what point do you just say, look, this is your life? And then the other side of that argument is at what point do you have to save these players from themselves? Because they're always going to want to play. Devontae Adams wanted to leave the hospital. I mean, I remember, um, you know, going to the hospital to, to visit a family member 
who didn't want to be there but needed to be there. So sometimes the reality is we need to we need to protect them, but at the same time, if Devontae Adams is healthy enough to play, shouldn't he be able to make that choice? Shouldn't he be able to say, I want to play? Speaking of being able to say, I want to play, it looks like the ability for Ty Montgomery to play on Sunday is going to be up to him. He says as much. Now, he broke his ribs, we found out, in the in the Falcons game, in the championship game last year. That was why he he suddenly disappeared. It wasn't Mike McCarthy just saying, well, screw it. And he broke his ribs and decided, I can't come back to play. So what he's going to have to weigh for Sunday is the pain. There's flak jackets and things of that nature that he can wear versus the, the risk to his internal injuries. Now, he differentiated the difference between where the breaks were last time and where they are this time. And that could go a long way in determining whether or not he feels comfortable playing in this game. Because when those ribs are broken, as I mentioned earlier in the week, you can you can risk serious injury by playing with broken ribs because if they break further, they can crack and fracture in ways that put your internal organs at risk. And what, what Ty Montgomery said, I'm, I'm reading from a Rob Domofsky story now, he says, quote, I'm not willing to risk my overall long-term health, but at the end of the day, it's going to be up to me. He's going to want to play, but I think he's a smart enough guy to understand it's not worth the risk at this point early in the season. It's just week five. The Packers can weather a loss on the road in Dallas. And frankly, I think they can beat the Cowboys without Ty Montgomery. But I mean, this is certainly, this is the same kind of case with Devontae. Ty is going to have to do what's best for him if he thinks he can play and he wants to assume those risks. He should play. And on the less serious injury side, Jamal Williams apparently well, does not have a serious knee injury. That was that was a concern coming out of the Bears game that, that there may be a, a sprain in that knee, that there may be a ligament issue. There isn't. So he feels like he can play on Sunday. Regardless, it looks like Aaron Jones is going to be the guy. And and for more on that, I think you should go back and listen to my conversation yesterday with Jason Wildey. If you missed it, go read the piece he wrote about Aaron Jones and why Aaron Rodgers has confidence in him. The Packers can survive in this game with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. They do not need Ty Montgomery to play. And I think for the Packers, what you'd like to think would happen is Mike McCarthy say, look, Aaron, you you got us. Jamal's going to play. We've uh, we've gone to Ty and said, look, we think it's better if you sit. It's up to you. And hopefully Ty makes the best choice for him. It's not worth it to risk Ty Montgomery in week five. It's not, well, frankly, it's not worth it to risk Devontae Adams in week five. But if he's healthy enough, we know that, that one concussion can make you more susceptible to two. That said, the circumstances under which this one happened... We're extreme. It's hard. After after the impassioned plea that I made for protecting people's brain health, you know this is this is something that the league has to deal with. This is something that that we all have to sort of deal with as as football fans. We have to reckon with this idea that the Packers and every player who goes out there risk their brain health every time that they play. Before we get to Brian Curtis, I want to tell you guys about XBet.ag. XBet.ag has everything you want in an online betting platform. It's like Vegas in your pocket. 
You just log in, bet on any game you want right from your phone. And the design is super intuitive, it's easy, it's clean. All the things you want to make it your go-to betting platform. They even offer live in-game wagering, turning your fourth quarter faith and emotional overtimes into heart-pounding cash-stacking opportunities. When you join xbet.ag and use the promo code XBET, you'll get up to a 100% bonus on your first deposit. Don't be the guy saying, I would have won big. Join XBET now and start winning today. Plus, if you refer a friend, you'll get up to a 100% of their first deposit bonus too. So bring the squad and build the bank at xbet.ag, the newest and most exciting betting platform on the planet. Don't forget, use the promo code XBET to claim your bonus. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. List. All right, it is time to bring in Brian Curtis from TheRinger.com. You can find him on Twitter, at Brian Curtis. He's the editor-at-large for The Ringer. He is a longtime Dallas Cowboys fan. And my goal with, with Opponent Wednesday, with Expert Tuesday, with this podcast in general, is at, at my core, I feel like I'm a journalist and an explanatory journalist. And so part of the reason that I, that I started the show... And agreed to do it was I wanted to to help people understand what they're looking at. So I want you to understand going in what you're going to expect to see in the game. And I want to help you understand what you saw during the game. And I think bringing in a diverse set of perspectives about your team, about, about the team your team is playing, I think that all it all works together to bring this this picture of what you're seeing into focus and the more different ways you can think about it, the better. And not just the game that you're seeing on the field, not just the X's and O's, but the game around the game, what it's like to be a fan. And so this conversation is not going to be heavy X's and O's. It's not going to be heavy scheme. And that was what I wanted. This is going to be, this is going to be broader. It's going to be about being a fan. It's going to be about the media and and the coverage of the game. But we're going to talk Packers-Cowboys rivalry. We're going to talk about all the former Cowboys in the media and what that's like for Brian. As a fan, we're going to talk about all kinds of things. And I hope you're, you're going to enjoy it. I think you are going to enjoy it. So with that, let's bring on Brian Curtis from The Ringer, editor-at-large at The Ringer. Brian, thanks for being on Locked on Packers. Thank you for having me, man. So, uh, you know, I have to imagine at, on a, in a normal season, weird for a Cowboys fan has a different sort of connotation than most other NFL fans. But has this season with Zeke and now the, the kneeling and Jerry Jones and all that, like this has got to take weird to a new level or is this just standard practice for Cowboys fans? Yeah, we have pretty wide parameters for weird when you've been through <laughs> – Greg Hardy, when you've been through going back Michael Irvin, when you've been through the White House, when you've been through all this, that great highlight reel of Cowboys off the field stuff, 
But I'm not sure I ever imagined Jerry Jones kneeling on the field, arms interlocked with his players, and looking at the camera with that, didn't I, didn't I do something great, kind of look at his eyes? <laughs> oh, isn't that the best part? Just the look that he gives the camera. Absolutely. He loves it. He loves this. I mean, you know, this is, we talk about for billionaire owners, this being a problem, and it certainly is for Jerry, how to navigate this you know, line between protesters and people on his team who might feel very strongly about the issues we're talking about on one hand and then Roger Goodell on the other. But Jerry loves the attention, right? So the fact that Monday Night Football is all about this grand gesture that he makes on the field, I mean, that has got to please him to no end. Yeah. And, and the, like, there's this weird specter of the suspension with Ezekiel Elliott hanging over. Like, it does seem like it could change at any moment that we could get a ruling and all of a sudden he might have to sit six games. Yeah, which I think people kind of forgotten about after the initial court, court rulings went the Cowboys' way, that this may just come back. I mean, in this, in this issue with Zeke Elliott has been, been sort of percolating since last season really right since before the season even began been living with this for a long time and now we have this so this is what being a cowboy fan is like and also there's there's no escaping cowboy quarterback glory of old not that you have to because Dak Prescott is so great but now the number one team on CBS and the number one team on Fox feature ex-cowboy quarterbacks No, you can't avoid us, right? We're everywhere. If only Emmett Smith could still hold down a job on the ESPN pregame show. <laughs> We'd have just like every job in television locked down. It's kind of amazing. And, I, you know, I've been like, I just, you know, when you're a Cowboy fan, you sort of get used to all of football being about you, even when you're 500, as the Cowboys are right now. But this is this is even a new precedent, right? Because whatever, whatever network they're on, they have their old, the old quarterback talking about the team. I love it. I absolutely love it. It is weird, too, that that just immediately consensus that Tony Romo is great at this. Like, there's not even – where is the corner of Twitter that's like, you know, I don't I don't really like this Tony Romo guy on TV. Like, that, there's not even that corner, I don't think. <laughs> that doesn't exist. And you know what's amazing to me? It's the opposite of what Tony, Tony Romo had as a, as a player, right? right? Tony Romo, when people talked about it, he was, he's not Tom Brady. He's not Peyton Manning. There's something wrong with him as a quarterback. And now, as you say, I see tweets that are, Tony Romo is the best color analyst in NFL history. I mean, we're just going right there. We're not, forget John Madden, you know, forget Collinsworth, forget everybody. We're going to the absolute best thing he's done four weeks. You know, and just think about that if you're Tony Romo, what it's like to read great reviews like this. When in his career did he ever, did he ever fully do, do that? I mean, he's got to be, he's got to be absolutely loving it. Well, that's the thing, too. Like, there's all these jokes, and, and uh, you know, Bill Simmons likes to make the joke that he's going to have to come out of the booth by week eight or nine because there's going to be a team that's going to need him. And it's like, in what universe would he leave a job where he is universally beloved to take on the stress and the headaches and the possible injuries of playing NFL football again? Why would he do that? Yeah, and don't you feel Jake Cutler is kind of the cautionary tale now? <laughs> yeah. Comes out of the booth. Nice cushy job for the rest of his life. Comes out of the booth for ten million, and look at it. Right now he's having to dog it when he's like a wide receiver, you know, playing decoy as a wide receiver. It was oh miserable. God, it's awful. Romo looks so happy, so happy. So one of the things that I that I wanted to to talk with you about was the uh, the piece that you wrote after the playoff game last year, and I'm I won't yeah. I won't rub it in too much, 
but truly, who did we, we play again? I can't remember. <laughs> it was it. I thought it was a great piece, and and um, I just I wanted to to sort of rehash it with you, just sort of what it was like. I mean, this is this is one of those experiences. If you're a sports fan, when you're in the stadium for these moments, and this was obviously a moment against your team, but the moment, the Aaron Rodgers to Jared Cook moment, that is going to go down in NFL history. And to be there for that, for that game, and then have all the other experiences around it that you that you so you know wonderfully describe, that it had to have just been this this sort of like transcendent experience for you and you weren't even on the field let me let me set it up for you and i may start crying in the middle of this right but just just fair warning we're sitting on that side of the field the the side of the sideline that he did we're in the upper deck as you know when you watch football in person especially from the stands things happen very fast they happen in kind of a weird disorganized way as opposed to watching it on television Mm -hmm. so first of all there's this you know i think if you went back in the time machine you would hear Cowboy fans just screaming as Aaron Rodgers sits in the pocket for like 20 seconds, which he did seemingly for that entire ballgame. Then you have the throw, you have the catch, and all of us say at the same time, it's got to be out of bounds. <laughs> we can't quite see it, right? Got to be out of bounds. And then we see the replay, and it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, they're going to sit in, and he's, he did it. You know, and I mean, at that point, it was really funny because I went through like all the stages of grief in like two seconds. You know, I was at acceptance like by 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 five seconds after that play. Like, yep, yeah, there you go. That's it. You know, wasn't mad. It wasn't holding out. Wasn't denial. Oh, you know, that something's gonna happen. They're gonna make. They're gonna win this. I was like, yeah, we lost. That's it. <laughs> so first game, I'm good. Time to go home. Well, that's the thing about being there too, right? Is now you have to you have to go find your car, and you in this case you had to go find you had to go walk back. And get home, and there's like storm warnings on the Jerry Jones million foot HD 4K screen. Yeah, it's like we would like walk into a hurricane afterwards. And a couple of the Cowboys players, Zeke Elliott, there's some great picture where Zeke Elliott actually wound up staying in the stadium for like an hour wearing, I think, an Emmett Smith jacket or jersey if i'm not mistaken just standing on the field yeah that seems right came back on the field. that seems right we're just told to stay there but yeah i'm with my uncle we're walking out uh i think we had ponchos so we didn't get as wet as we might have been you know at least like that's kind of like at this point you're just looking for anything right at least i'm not getting completely soaked as we get back to the car and then we get in the car and we're getting through traffic and you know how to always a pain to get out of an NFL game when you lost. It's just the worst. And I think I went in, it was about a 20-minute drive home to Fort Worth, and I think I told my uncle at about minute, I'm going to say like 12 or 13, you know, this was a great game, and someday we'll be able to appreciate how great this game was. So we were here, this classic NFL game, between playoff game between two of the great franchises in the NFL. People at home who weren't rooting for one of these teams said, oh my gosh, that was fantastic. I was like, someday you and I will look at each other and be able to to appreciate that. But not now, because now we're really pissed off. Right. <laughs> so the we, we talked a little bit about the Dallas quarterback thing earlier, but Dak Prescott, I mean, this was this is a one in a million thing to lose this franchise quarterback in Tony Romo and then luck into 
this fourth round pick who not only is a great player, but by all accounts is just like the best guy represents the franchise in all the right possible ways. Like people love to hate Cowboys players. It's really hard. I have to say as not a Cowboys fan to, to hate Dak Prescott. Yeah. A guy who's, you know, honors his mom, right. And was into cancer research who is actually lives up to the, you know, kind of sports writer's dream of the athlete who'd rather be home studying tape <laughs> than out of the party. You know, he and Zeke are very different in that respect, right? You know, he is kind of the he's the Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith kind of square guy of this team, and Zeke is more of a, you know, Michael Irvin. I want to go out and live it up and and be a Dallas Cowboy, uh, in right. every sense of the word. Uh, but yeah, he is. And by the way, just in, I think with a Cowboy fan, you have to kind of shape you know shape the context a little bit because it wasn't just going from Tony Romo to Dak Prescott. The, the years before Romo, between Aikman and Romo, were terrible, mm-hmm. right? Quincy, Quincy Carter, Carter, Chad Hutchinson, Drew Henson, I could go on, Anthony Wright. And then so suddenly the Cowboys somehow found a really, really good NFL quarterback, rode him for a long time, and then as that guy's body was breaking down, immediately found another. It's almost like the Packers, you know, in that sense. I don't know, it's a mm-hmm. really weird concept for Cowboy fans, you know, actually having the heir apparent there. But, yeah, it, it's very, very smooth. It, it, it scares me how smooth it was. I was looking at the schedule the other day, and I think I think all season the Cowboys only are slated to play two or three one o'clock games East Coast time. That sounds right. And I think there's a there's a late season matchup with the Eagles that could certainly get flexed. I mean, it's pretty apparent yeah. after last year with the ratings not being great that the NFL was like, "Hey, we got the solution. Let's put the Cowboys in every prime time and national TV slot we can." Yeah, solved. Absolutely, and they were the one team last year that was consistently, uh, you know, they were they were sort of disaster proof, right? As the ratings declined, the Cowboys games. I saw people when they were saying, well, "Let me do an apples to apples ratings comparison." And the game from the previous season didn't feature the Cowboys, and the game from this season did. I was like, "Well, that's not apples to apples." Right. <laughs> the Cowboys are involved. It doesn't count. Yes. You're right, you know, and that's a long-standing thing, right? The Cowboys, even when they're bad, weirdly goose the ratings. And you know, when I just remember as a kid during those Super Bowl years, I'd say, now this week CBS isn't really going to give us madness overall, right? Because we're playing like the you know the terrible LA Rams at that time, and they did <laughs> because then they put us in a great spot because that's just what it is, right? People will watch those games, and then this, this Cowboy team looks like it could easily be a 500 team or a 9 and 7 team. Uh, a team that's really weird and flawed, and you know, probably not all that great. They're going to be on TV all the time because people will watch. It became a running joke in the 90s that Summerall and Madden were doing. They were just like the Cowboys announcers. Yeah, yeah. Pat lived in Dallas, too, so I think it was a it was a nice 20 minute drive to the stadium. You know, you didn't even have to get on a plane. But the, I mean, those voices that you when, you when you heard Pat Summerall's voice, I mean, I really think reflecting on it now, one of the reasons why I loved playing Madden was because just hearing Pat Summerall's voice was like, it's Sunday, it got the juices flowing, the adrenaline, like it's go time when you hear Pat Summerall's voice. And and for you, oh. like not only is it go time, it's go time for my team. <laughs> right, it's our it's our house announcing. It's like Brad Sham, you know. Like, oh, <laughs> I just I just hear his voice over every highlight. Not just the one time we get lucky and have the game of the week. I just hear him all the time. 
is there is there ever going to be and i guess we probably have to have the moment to replace it right but is there ever going to be catharsis for the does catch <laughs> you know i don't think so and i think if you watch des right now you see him breaking down a little mm-hmm. bit right you see a guy who was easily a top 10 and probably edge of the top five receiver at different points in his career not really being thought of that way anymore. Um, had a horrible play last week where this ball went like from right through his arms against the Rams. It would have been a first down, you know, and I think, I think that was, I think in a way that I think in a way that that the non catch was Des's greatest moment fourth down, right? That ball was thrown so high. Mm-hmm. Des goes up there and makes the absolute play of his life, which I'm happy to concede was called correctly, but that's so weird, isn't it? Yeah. A guy who was in his absolute prime, who would never be better than he was at that moment, makes a play that did not count. But <laughs> if we look at the statute, it says incomplete pass. But it'll be the uh, play that defined Des Bryant's career. Yeah, and, to, and by the way, Romo's too, you know, as yeah. a cowboy. I mean, that was we forget how good that team was. Romo's best season, uh, you know, he was finally got his interception problems under control, finally played like everybody, every Cowboys fan had wanted to play, right? They had already beaten Seattle that year, uh, the Cowboys. And, you know, that was probably their best chance to really do something with that team. I think it was in a way that but to find both of their, their career and, and their lives. The play that doesn't get discussed from that game because we only talk about the Des Bryant play is Julius Peppers strips DeMarco Murray on a play where oh. Murray has no defenders in front of him if Peppers doesn't make that play and doesn't knock the ball out, and and he might, like, the way the Cowboys were playing and the way the Packers were playing, I mean, I know that the Cowboys' defense couldn't stop Rodgers, but I think it would have, if Murray, like, let's say he scores on that play, I think it's a two-score two game at that point, and Rodgers is on one leg. And when you say doesn't get talked about, that is a very Packers-centric thing to, to say, because let me tell you, whenever that game comes up with me and my buddies and my uncles, I say, <laughs> don't forget DeMarco Murray's fumble. <laughs> When we were when we were we were gonna we were gonna walk into the end zone on that drive and then that happened. Yeah. yeah, that was. I mean, it's just to me the games that that these teams get the the two the Packers and the Cowboys get together. I just that's just to me that's perfect football. Yeah. Cowboys Steelers last year is pretty close to Nirvana too. Which yeah, is an amazing game, three touchdowns scored in the last two minutes. But you know when I think about the legacy of those games, I think about the playoff game in nineteen. Correct me, Peter, nineteen ninety. Yeah, it was the 95 season, but I think it was 96, yeah. It was actually in January 96, yeah. NFC Championship game, um, where poor Gil Haskell got throttled on the sidelines. I mean, that's just, to me, that's just, that's like, that's John Facenda voice, old, classic, yeah. awesome NFL. It's just perfect. I mean, I'm just, I'm absolutely in heaven, even when we even when we lose and get kicked in the nuts like we did last year. <laughs> well, and, and uh, you know, I remember that game. Robert Brooks scored on, I think, the first Packers possession. I'm going, okay, this could be the year. And um, then it's just like, nope, this is still the Cowboys. Well, you know, and it's like the Packers had all the momentum when Gil Haskell got hurt, right? right? And it's like, then we were all standing around looking at this poor old man on the sideline for like 20 minutes. Everybody's just frozen. And it was like all the momentum turned on that play. I remember that. I mean, if I could go back and if I go back and watch the tape, I'm happy to be proven wrong. But I'm pretty sure that the Cowboys played a lot better after that injury. And it was kind of the thing that kind of broke the momentum for the Packers. 
Well, I hope this game is is even close to that good, and and we could, you know, there's there's playoff potential rematch here. I mean, I know the Dallas defense has been pretty bad lately, but you know, this is this is a wide open NFC right now. Yeah, I'd say that the cab the upside for the Cowboys is they still got a lot of weapons on offense. Yeah, they're still figuring. They still got you know they they still got an offense capable of scoring a lot of points, and their defense while still as shaky as it has been over this nice little mini run here, actually has young players this time. Mm-hmm. Jordan Lewis and players like that, who and Taco Charlton and these guys who are Malik Collins, right, uh, who are growing and are becoming good. So it's not just like, here's our crappy veteran guy. It's like, here's our, you know, sort of crappy young guy. <laughs> we could be good in a couple of weeks. Well, and they need to get the they need to get David Irving back. They need to get Anthony Hitchens back. They need to get Sean Lee back. Like if if their defense is healthy, it's not terrible. Yeah, this has been the year that Sports Radio in Dallas has really turned against Rod Marinelli. Oh and, no! And I know I know he's the magician. I know he has nothing to work with compared to all those number one picks on the other side of the ball. But has the magic finally run out? Yeah, it's pretty grim. And sometimes, you know, to be fair, sometimes the magic does just run out, and that it just happens. Yeah, yeah. And he's, you know, <laughs> he's been asked to play with really terrible players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> without, without stud pass rushers, without good corners, without ball hawks anywhere, right? Yeah. Other than Sean Lee, you know, who will you remember off those defenses? And right now he doesn't even have Sean Lee. So uh, I feel bad for the guy, but there you go. Yeah, it's tough. Brian, uh, where can people find more of your work? TheRinger.com or at Brian Curtis on Twitter. That's Brian with a Y. Go find it. It's great. Uh, Brian, thanks for joining Lockdown Packers. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. I want to thank Brian again for joining Lockdown Packers. That was really fun. And I hope you had as much fun listening to it as we did recording it. Um, Brian is a great guy and a friend and... Um, I, I look past the Cowboys fandom, and it's, uh, it's not hard. So tomorrow, we will have a preview show. Bob McGinn will be on that show. We, that will be the Nerd Out show. That will be the deep dive. We're going to get into what the Packers are going to look like. We'll have more information on the injury situations. What's the latest with Mike Daniels? What's the latest with David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga? We're going to get into that tomorrow. And then, depending on what happens, maybe we need to have a Friday show to get into availabilities. If there's big changes on the injury report, we'll dig deeper into that on Friday. If there's enough, if there's enough meat on the bone for us to get a Friday show in, we'll do that. A reminder, this episode of Lockdown Packers was brought to you by XBET. Use the promo code XBET. And they'll provide you up to 100% deposit bonus. So bring the squad and build the bank at xbet.ag. Remember, every show is on LockdownPackers.com. Please go there. That is now a subset of FanRag Sports. Go there. I write about more than just the Packers there. Would love for you to check some of that out. And go to AcmePackingCompany.com. Tons of Packers info there. I wrote about Morgan Burnett for this week and how he's moved to the slot. Could have saved Green Bay's secondary this season. Go check that out. If we have time, I'm going to bring it up with Bob tomorrow. Otherwise, maybe it's a topic for a Friday show. We'll see what happens. Bob tomorrow, maybe Friday. We'll see. In order to find out, you'll have to stay locked on Packers.
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash List. Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. List.